The Print Files, where we bring you the inside story on the printing industry by Print21, the people who know print. This episode is brought to you by Fujifilm Business Innovation Australia, the automatically intelligent choice when it comes to AI-powered, high-value print. Explore their Revoria Press series today. G'day and welcome to the next episode of It's Been a Big Month in Print, the podcast for the print industry from The Print Files, where we dig deep into the big issues impacting the industry each month. I'm Wayne Robinson, editor of the Print21 Media Hub. And I'm Lindy Hewson, publisher of Print21 and of PKN Packaging News. Wayne, October has been something of a watershed month as first Sydney and now Melbourne has emerged out of lockdown. And what does this mean for print? Oh, what we hope it means, Lindy, is boom time. Uh, Certainly, that's what the Premier of New South Wales, Dominic Paratet, is saying we're going to be experiencing. Uh, Premier Daniel Andrews in Victoria will no doubt be wanting the same. We don't know, of course, but uh, with the population having effectively been uh, locked out of uh, spending for the past 18 months, uh, everyone's hope is that now, as everything comes back on stream, uh, that people get out, open their wallets, get back to life. And for the printing industry, that should mean uh, that the presses start rolling again, hopefully to the levels they were before. Uh, the commercial printers have struggled, it has to be said, for the past 18 months. Uh, we've seen that in the likes of Ovato, uh, whose sales have just gone down and down, uh, the big commercial printer, of course. Uh, but so, some of the sectors, label printers, uh, have done really well. And we've just seen, uh, for instance, PDQ Labels, a 45-year-old business, just bought its first digital press, a Screen L350 UV in its case. Packaging printers also, of course, done well in lockdown. Platypus uh, just put in a new huge B1 106 Koenig and Barrow Repeater X. So some areas have done well, and they'll be hoping to go even even better. Some areas, newspapers I'm thinking of in particular, uh, of course, they won't recover. COVID has kind of been the final nail in the coffin for much of the newspaper industry. More than 100 newspapers around the country have closed. They won't be coming back. Uh, newspapers will continue, of course. And in fact, News Corp is building a big new plant right now, uh, which is going to be opening next year on the outskirts of Melbourne. So overall, what print will be hoping for for the end of lockdowns is a return to people buying print. Well, as we've reported throughout the pandemic, one of the biggest hits that print has taken has in fact been in wide format with many of its markets, such as events and conferences and expos and entertainment closed and others such as retail and sports stuttering along. Post lockdown, we're hoping those sectors will come back and that is surely good news. Uh, Yeah, you're absolutely right, Lindy. Those sectors will come back as all those industries kick into gear. And for the outdoor media world, uh, wide format printed, that is really good news. Uh, It's a sector that can only be described as battered over the past 18 months. Uh, Its uh, amount of print has, well, collapsed. Too strong a word because there has still been some going on, uh, but less than half. And you can understand that with... uh, people not going to work, so there's no spending going on bus shelters, on train advertising, bus traps, that kind of thing. Retail has been largely closed, so no spending going on in the big stores. But the out-of-home industry, uh, its figures for the quarter just gone are 50% higher than the quarter before. Uh, Still a long way from what they were. They're anticipating this year, uh, out-of-home will get back over $500 million, uh, but it was almost a billion dollars before COVID hit. So you can see there's a huge gap there, and hopefully that gap will be filled and, and the wide format sector uh, will be able to come back, bounce back, uh, and there's every indication that it will do. And this month, we've also seen major market shakeup in wide format. 
Well, that's right. I've Group, uh, the biggest print business in the country now, has bought Active Display Group and AFI Branding, two of the biggest players in the display graphics field, as I've looks to post-COVID recovery. I've is actually paying $6.5 million for the two businesses, which to the lay observer seems a great bargain uh, because they're anticipating $4 million a year in profit, net profit, after tax from those businesses. So in other words, in 18 months, they'll have got the money back. Um, I was just paying 5 million, 5.2 million up front, another 1.3 million payable in two years' time. Uh, they'll add the two businesses between them, will add $45 million in revenue to IVE. AFI was uh, founded in 1992 by Glenn Watson. It uh, was half sold, 50% sold to ADG, Active Display Group, in 2007. Active Display Group formed in 1985 by Jeff Gittis, something of an industry legend. Uh, Jeff sadly passed away two years ago, but his brothers uh, are still in Stuart, David and Graham, still involved in the business. ADG was bought by an advertising agency, STW, John Singleton's agency, which became part of WPP. Uh, they've now offloaded it. Seems a great deal for IVE, uh, but an excellent time to be buying into the wide format, into the outdoor media, and for IVE's point of view with AFI into soft signage. Well, still on the subject of recovery, I was interested to read about your conversation on that topic with Rainer Hansdorfer, the CEO of the world's biggest offset press manufacturer, Heidelberg. Uh, yeah, I spoke with Rainer Hansdorfer the other day, um, and he told me that the company is seeing a surge, this is his words, a surge in orders and investments from all over the world. Uh, he said printers are looking to invest in new products uh, on the back of market recovery everywhere. And New products for Heidelberg, effectively, they've only got two press products now, the X, the 75 series, the B2 presses and the B1 presses. Everything else has gone. Of course, they have finishing equipment as well. Uh, but it's really good news for Heidelberg, of course, and for the industry as a whole here in Australia, which has been lagging behind the rest of the world in its recovery, of course. A place like UK, Germany, America, uh, North America are, uh, are well ahead in terms of getting the economy going again. If Heidelberg is seeing a surge in orders and recovery everywhere from all over the world, then that bodes well for the Australian market to say that offset print uh, will recover from obviously what is currently a low base. Heidelberg or Rainer, Rainer Hunsdorfer told me that packaging print uh, was a key driver of uh, Heidelberg's recovery and of print recovery from around the world. And packaging print uh, is no doubt contributing massively to the, to the, will contribute massively to the resurgence in print, partly as fibre-based packaging, and you will know this, Lindis. Publishing managing editor of PKM Packaging News. Fiber-based packaging is kind of becoming a topic as people look to alternatives to plastic, which with the great work that's being done in recycling now is still perceived to be tricky for the environment. Yeah, well, some of that is a misperception because, of course, plastic does have a lot of value, especially if you can recover it. And for certain applications, plastic is the go. But yes, there is a fiber-based frenzy. I agree with you, Wayne. That is something that is taking off because some products do lend themselves very well to paper-based packaging. Now, part of the post-lockdown world is a move by some state governments to impose mandatory vaccinations of some workers. Do they include printers? Well, that is a very good question, Lindy, and one which the industry as a whole is grappling with. And because we are a state-based federation, not only does it vary within states, it varies wherever you are in the country. The answer, in short, to your question is no and yes. In New South Wales, Queensland, South Australia, no, there is no mandatory vaccinations of workers, apart from those in the, specifically in the health 
and aged care sectors, but not of workers in the printing industry. West Australia, manufacturing isn't on their list. Northern Territory, essential goods supply, anyone that's involved in essential goods supply has to have mandatory vaccination. Of course, there's not a huge amount of printing done there, but there is some. And print business owners will be grappling with that and thinking they will have to have their staff vaccinated. But uh, as we'll say in the course of this conversation, if you're a print business owner, please take legal advice, talk to you and talk to your trade association about these issues. The big story, of course, is in Victoria, where Premier Donna Andrews has said, uh, everyone who's an authorised worker has to be mandatory vaccinated. Uh, the issue is, what's an authorised worker? And specifically in terms of print, all print businesses in Victoria and New South Wales have remained open through all stages of lockdown, basically on the premise that they are essential service supply organisations. In other words, they're printing labels, packaging, COVID floor graphics. The issue has come, of course, if you're a printer, you may be printing a COVID floor graphic one moment, and then your next job might be buy this new car or walk this way to avoid smacking your head in a lamppost. And they aren't essential uh, services. So if you're a print business, are you are, are your workers, are you an authorised business? Is your worker an authorised worker? If Does he have to be pr printing authorised product, authorised supply product all the time, some of the time? Or even if he's printing it none of the time, is he still an authorised worker? They were when it when it was needed to become to stay open. Now they have to have mandatory vaccinations if they're authorised workers. Will they? It's a big ongoing issue. And again, we at Print Twenty One, and of course, would recommend talk to your trade association and talk to your lawyer. Well, yes, certainly there's going to be a lot of debate around that, and the trade associations are Wayne going to play an important role in supporting the industry. Now, it seems that while Fortress Australia is removing its barriers with international travel back, well, from New South Wales at least, the global shipping crisis is showing no sign of abating with ongoing impact on print and indeed the packaging industry too. What can you tell me about that, Wayne? Yes, uh, you're right, Lindy. It seems shipping is a, is a big story all over the media these days. Uh, we're already told that uh, our Christmas toys could be in trouble for our children because of the shipping crisis. And as far as printing goes, uh, it means that uh, the prices are going up again uh, of paper and board. Ball and Dogger has just introduced a range of prices across its products. Spices is increasing its products, uh, prices of its products imminently. Uh, the other smaller merchants are sure to follow. Freight costs have risen by double-digit percentages in just the past month. Already sky-high prices, containers three, four, five thousand dollars more than they were last this time a year ago. Uh, Tony Bertrand told me, marketing manager at Ball and Dogger, that U.S. companies are paying top dollar. They're bidding on shipping, and they're paying top dollar, which is causing ships to be diverted. They should be coming to Australia to collect product to deliver. They're going to America to North America instead. Uh, and there's nothing that Australia can do. We we, we are obviously can't compete with American prices. Uh, David Martin said it's hard to see uh, Spicer said it's hard to keep up with the changing prices, uh, but we can't see them going down anytime soon. They look set to continue rising. So yeah, unfortunately, Lindy, for the printing industry, uh, shipping is impacting on it. Um, the, the, I've obviously spoken to many suppliers. Supply itself, they're all confident. Their warehouses, they've been over-ordering the suppliers. Their warehouses are full, uh, but pricing, the prices they're having to pay uh, to bring product in are just going up and up and up, unfortunately. 
Well, that's a lot of financial pressure for, for many businesses to feel and a, a big impact. And hopefully that situation will change, but um, it's not looking exactly hopeful right now. Also under financial pressure has been Avato, which has had a torrid year. Uh, I think that would be an accurate description, perhaps. All reported on in Print 21, of course. Now fully focused on print, the latest move comes in Queensland. What's happening there? Well, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right in your description of what's been going on with Ovato. Um, the uh, company that owns the premises that Ovato trades from in uh, Jibung in Queensland, uh, the Rathdrum property business, which actually is owned by the Hannans and O'Connor family, who uh, Hannans obviously own Ovato or own most of it. Uh, that premises, they've just sold the, per- the premises, $36 million to a, a Sydney fund. Ovato Queensland has another three years on its lease there. Of course, this has given rise in the industry to a lot of speculation about what will happen in three years' time, uh, because as we all know, Ovato closed its Melbourne operation, uh, well, this time last year, it was talking about closing it, closed it over Christmas, um, moved all the all the Victoria printing to its super site in Warwick Farm, three more years on the lease in, uh, in Queensland. When that time comes, will Ovato move all its equipment, or will it take another? Uh, will it take another lease on the existing premises? Will it move all its equipment somewhere, or will it simply do what it did in Melbourne and bring all its uh, work down to its super site in Sydney? Because those it has huge presses there that are capable of pumping out a lot more work than they are. And of course, some would say that makes uh, that would see makes a lot of sense, and we could see that happening. Uh, so Brisbane may be, may go the way of Melbourne. Well, let's turn now to some bigger picture issues. The focus for pretty much the whole world now is the imminent COP26 conference in Glasgow as governments work out how best to reduce environmental impact to sustainable levels. And we are all hoping it will be a turning point. Print has had a checkered history, Wayne, as far as its environmental credentials are concerned. But as we all know, there has have been some tremendous strides made in recent years, and there's been plenty of environmental progress just this month in print. That's right. Print is a shining example of an industry that's moved from what was what could fairly be described 50 years ago as a dirty industry, uh, with all kinds of awful solvents and chemicals being used throughout, into pretty much a clean industry today. Uh, there's very little in the way of environmental environmental impact from print. Uh, of course, it uses energy um, its recycling uh, is is top notch for instance printing plates it was revealed this month are in terms of aluminium recycling printing plates are world leaders in terms of the speed of recycling uh, because obviously a plate is only lasts for as long as it lasts on a press a day an hour uh, and then the whole plate goes off and, and is recycled whereas many years ago it was a completely different story this month, Store Enzo, the big paper manufacturer, one of the world's huge paper manufacturing companies, uh, has committed to net zero itself by 2050 and then set staging posts along the way. Um, by 2030, it wants to have 50% of everything uh, uh, net zero for 50%. So we're seeing this throughout the industry coming up. Epson, uh, one of the big suppliers, has just been named number one sustainable company in the world uh, by Forbes magazine. Epson will say that it's been down, been pursuing an environmental goal now for the past 20 years. Uh, number one environmental sustainability company in the world uh, by Forbes means that it is recycling, it's taking re- renewable energy, its plan to get to net zero is a sustainable one. Um, two sides, uh, the environmental lobby group, 
just this month has said that it has caused 810 global corporations in the past year to take down misleading greenwashing uh, from its from their websites. These are the big corporations that claim they're not using paper anymore to save the environment. That's a, a typical story. Uh, two sides, fantastic sister, fantastic lobby group for print and paper, uh, has said to them and is educating them and through them the customers, which is the general population, uh, that as far as print is concerned, as far as paper is concerned, it is a renewable, sustainable form of communication, far more, in fact, uh, when you actually go into the figures than uh, digital communication through your phone or through your computer, through the internet. So, yeah, the uh, sustainable message as, as the world goes to COP26, printers, as they're gathered around the barbecue, as we're going to be able to do now out of lockdown, can hold their heads up high and say they are in a sustainable industry that has made tremendous progress over recent times. Yeah, and I attended recently um, a label sustainability panel. Um, the it was the AIP hosted it, involved the FPLMA um, and other parties, and the conversation really was looking very much at label sustainability and what the options are. And lots of work is being done, of course, for recycling the label backing the glassine liner, but then also a strong conversation was around linerless labels because of the dramatic reduction in waste that you get immediately, you're not using a liner. And um, one of the options also spoken about was fiber-based um, linerless labels. So fiber definitely is coming more and more into the conversation, Wayne. Yeah, that's right. I mean, there's no doubt, we alluded to earlier, no doubt fiber-based packaging uh, and printing is the future. There's actually a great piece, uh, if you want to, everyone wants to go into LinkedIn by Ball and Dog, it's Tony Bertrand, uh, on how the wheel has turned. Five years ago, uh, paper and board were seen as essentially negative for the environment, destroying rainforests. Uh, today, that uh, the wheel has turned completely, and now it's seen as really the future, sustainable, uh, partly through the work of groups like Two Sides, partly through many other people as well. Lots of new developments in fiber-based packaging in particular. Uh, we've already heard uh, Rainer Hunsdorfer say his com company is secure because of fiber-based packaging. This month, we saw two industry giants, Kodak and Koenig and Bauer, Durst, that's Koenig and Bauer, Durst, the joint venture company. Uh, they are launching new digital fiber-based packaging printers onto the market. Uh, these companies don't do that unless there's clear evidence that, this is a, that uh, it has a strong future. Well, speaking of future, that brings us uh, to the end of this episode of It's Been a Big Month in Print, and there certainly has been a lot happening. Thanks to our audience for listening. We value your feedback as always. Yeah, and can I remind everyone, uh, Lindy, uh, we've actually got a new episode on our uh, podcast, Print Files Smarter Business Series, uh, with well-known industry figure Richard Rasmussen. And he's giving the ins and outs of buying a business, valuing a business, selling a business. Uh, it's been a very popular podcast, uh, one that's a good listen for everybody. Yes, it certainly is well worth a listen with uh, lots of insight and inspiration from Richard uh, for everyone who's leading in print and thinking about what the next chapter is for their business. So you can go to print21.com.au to listen, or you can download it from your favorite platform under the print files. But now that's it from me, Lindy Hewson. Time to say goodbye. And it's goodbye from this episode of The Print Files from me, Wayne Robinson. We look forward to you joining us next time for It's Been a Big Month in Print. This episode was brought to you by Fujifilm Business Innovation Australia. Explore their Revoria Press series today and embrace a colour revolution. The Print Files podcast is produced by Southern Skies Media on behalf of Print 21. 
owned and published by Yaffa Media. The views of the people featured on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of Print 21, Yaffa Media, or the guest's employer. The contents are copyright by Yaffa Media. If you wish to use any of this podcast audio, please contact Print 21 via their website, that's print21.com.au, or send an email to editor at print21.com.au. You can subscribe to the print files via your preferred platform and read all the latest news on the printing industry at print21.com.au. You've been listening to a Yappa Media Podcast. Southern Skies Media.